Welcome to Uncut Jewels, a podcast featuring some of my favorite musicians and the great work of their lives, changing the world one song at a time. I'm your host, Kristen Jewell, and I'm excited to share my crazy world with you. So let's get to it. Come on in. Today, we're going to get to talk about a really interesting conversation. It's very near and dear to me. I'm not sure how many of you know this, but my mother was a therapist. And so it's been a push and pull my whole life trying to figure out the role that an active, healthy mindset can play. And it really wasn't until I was much later in life when I realized the benefits of it, and probably because my mother was a therapist, that I maybe just sort of pushed it away. But yeah, so this is a, this is something that's been in my life for a very long time. And I'm super excited to talk with two of our artists today, Ruby Bell and Jessica Childress, about the beautiful, oh, so stigmaed topic of <laughs> mental health. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hey. Welcome. Welcome to Hi. Uncut. Thank How you for having how I'm so you happy you're here. So Jessica. I haven't seen you on this since April when we did my birthday in COVID. Epic, <laughs> epic, epic still concert. I think I won birthday. the COVID birthday. Yeah. Uh, so thank you. you Welcome back. You. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for having us back. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to get started with the big question on the table. How have you been? It's been almost six months since this mm. all has started, believe it or not. Five and a half. Crazy. Oh, how are you guys doing? Six months. I will yeah. say that I had a moment where somebody at work uh, was asking me how I was doing. And I said, um, I'm doing pretty slammed. Thank you. <laughs> and I didn't even <laughs> mean to say it that way. But um, there's just been a colossal wave of being busier than we need to be in order to not yeah. fully heal and then being bumped up against with taking the time to just heal anyway. Uh, so yeah. the answer and response on a short way is I guess I'm doing, I'm doing, you're doing <laughs> that's enough. Yeah. I, feel yeah. like. I think at some point it's, yeah. Do we make it to the other side? It's real. Okay. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. Jess, How about you, Jess? Um, I have to say, at the beginning of quarantine, I think so many things hit me so hard and I was just drowning in the uncertainty of it all. But I feel like right now things have really started to turn a corner for me. I'm feeling really good. And strangely, there's so much to be sad about right now also. Mm -hmm. But I feel like me personally in my life, I feel like I'm doing well and I'm on an upswing. So I feel hopeful. Yes. That's great. That's I good. will say too, what there's it, a lot of hope, you know, I think yeah. maybe a lot of us have experienced 2019, 2018, that was a little rough as well. So a lot of that maybe has set us up in some ways. Yeah. I know a lot of spirit warriors Endurance. have built their grit over the last few years. That doesn't yeah. mean that we can yeah. handle all this chaos, which is a great reason we're talking today. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I feel optimistic too, overall. Yeah, that's good. What are you guys doing to like get through? Like, are you like, such do you, a good have question. you tried new things? That's interesting. I, I feel like I haven't been doing specific things to get through. One, one specific thing I have been doing. I've been, I've always wanted to do, have a regular yoga <laughs> practice and I could never really get into it because uh, it just wasn't as like active. And I feel like if I'm going to work out, like, <laughs> I need to be active. 
active, mm-hmm. but yeah. I am doing yoga like at least four or five times a week. But other than that, I feel like what's helping me get through is just leaning into the fact that like, I don't know what's happening and I don't know what's going to happen. And just kind of the expectation of uncertainty rather than expecting certainty and expecting to have a plan. I just kind of resigned and, and surrendered to this moment, what's happening. Mm -hmm. And that's actually helped a lot. That's really great. I kind of would add to that in that my resignation or the way that I pull is pull away from it all is kind of meditation and starting my day with the practice has been really helpful. I know there's tons of apps out there for people who haven't been meditating all that long. Um, But even for those of us that have, it's still a challenging time to find your way to the mat Mm. for anything, for yoga, for Mm. meditation. So, yeah, Yeah. I think apps like Common Headspace are really helping. Um, Journaling apps are really helpful. There's a really Mm. great one called Tangerine that kind of allows you to journal about your day and then asks you one simple question. It's like, how do you feel? And you answer with emoji, which I think is kind of special. That's what Calm does. That's why I love, I use Calm. I I love it. Like, it's just so great because it comes up with the, like, you, you know, you can, you can, have it ask you three times a day or whatever. I have it like at night, like around 10 o'clock or something like that. And one time around, I think it's like every 12 hours, like 10 and 10. Yeah, (laughs) And it just comes up. It's like, how are you feeling? And like you pick the emoji and I, you know, I'm not familiar. Oh, it's such a great app. It's an, it's a, it's an, it's an app. And (laughs) it basically has like uh, meditations. It has affirmations. It has songs like Harry Styles did a reading of something like bedtime stories you know so i struggle with sleeping issues and obviously anxiety but like you know kind of manifests itself right before i go to bed and what happens is i'll fall asleep and then i'll wake up probably have seen an email from me like around 3 30 or 4 in the morning and i'm like what's up a couple couple of those (laughs) yeah so so and you know and then i it's hard for me to get back to bed so calm actually has an um another thing where they they kind of break down some of the issues that you might struggle with. And in the sleep area, it's like, how do you get back to sleep even? So I've been using yeah. that and they've got like white noise and stuff too. But the real, the check-in is a bit of a journaling piece. So I do like, you use the emoji and then you write like, why are you like, let's take a moment, you know, press pause. Like, why are you feeling this way? And then you can write in like, you know, especially when like Lola in the beginning of the year, I was just like, am I going to make it through? Like once COVID hit and I'm like, my dog is going to pass while I'm in COVID. And I, you know, like it's going to happen. It's, I just don't know like how, when, you know? So I started writing a lot about that because it just yeah. weighs on you and I don't know where to put that stuff. So it's helpful just to get it out, but you should, you, you might want to check it out. It's an interesting app. I mean, I know you've got a couple of resources that you, you know, track with as well. Kaiser actually gave it to us for free. Oh, like wow. I'm with Kaiser. Yeah. So they give you like a thing and they, yeah. And they give you therapy sessions now too, for free, which is really interesting. Like talk therapy, you know, so it is what you make of it, but it's cool that they're doing that. Shout that out Kaiser. Awesome. <laughs> and Jess, you Former. were, um, you were going to mention a really great resource as well for therapy while we're on the topic. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a website called therapy for black girls and it's really, 
it's designed for this particular moment. It connects Black women with resources where they can find a therapist in their area. A lot of the therapy is subsidized or on a sliding scale because this is a crazy time. I mean, I don't know that there's ever not been a crazy time to be Black in America, but Mm, this is a particularly crazy time to be Black in America. And I feel like... yeah. I feel like everybody should be in therapy, first of all, but particularly black people, black women, black men. Yeah. And I was actually reading about um, race trauma, which is another thing that's like the suppression of, you know, some of the things that have been going, you know, going on. I mean, we're all being daily traumatized by the videos that go around. I mean, whether it's actually like happening to us or not, it doesn't even matter. It's just in the world and you can see it and it's impossible to turn it off. Like just impossible. So, which is good, right? Like we're having the conversations that we need to be having, but it can also start to be a trigger for people and it can start to really traumatize, you know, in a long-term sense. So we have to be really careful about establishing boundaries and and all of those things, which, you know, really do fall out of understanding who you are in that conversation and what you're doing. So I posted something about that on my Instagram story, just saying like, People have no idea what it feels like as a black person to watch a black person being lynched in a video and then have to mm-hmm. leave your home and go out into the world. Well, and, and like the mm-hmm. sense of panic and anxiety and lack of safety that you just feel having seen these images over and over and over and over. It's just crazy. And then there's there's the need to go into a direction of like um, not oversharing it, right? I would love for us to get to a point where we're curating our social media to a point that we understand what black joy is and what we understand what black empowerment is way more Mm -hmm. than we're seeing these uh, devaluing visuals right so I think that is personal responsibility for your own mental health in your digital space can you go through your followers right now can you go through their followers right now and just kind of cull the things back to a more sane place for your mental health? You know, yeah. I know we're talking about that mute button is very powerful in some yeah, cases. Yeah, I love that thing. And I, lo- I pretty about, much have muted everybody. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> right. But and seriously. it's not about creating a bubble of safeness and comfortableness, right? Yeah. It's about I'm not subjecting myself to visual trauma. That's exactly right. Over and over and over again. I have the right to be blissful and create bliss from wherever I am at. Yeah. Right. Uh, Right. And it's not because you're not doing things, though, that are important to, you know, like we're all having those conversations. Yes. But there are times where we do, like I said, these boundaries, they get so confusing sometimes. And, you know, and social media is a perfect example because we're all being told we're supposed to be doing this. Yeah. You know, and some days it's just like, is that really the thing that we all want to be doing? No, you know, but it's a necessary evil. It is. I think when it's done with intention of empowerment and care, I think that's where we can really start to see a difference in the social spaces. And honestly, my my Instagram has come from a place where it was like an unhealthy space for me personally to be to now I know when I hit that explore tab, I'm going to see fulfilling and optimistic and helpful things to me in this time. But it took like months to curate it that way for me. 
That and it doesn't mean that I turn off the news. It doesn't mean I don't take on headlines. It means that when I'm scrolling, if I'm scrolling, it's empowering. And mm. I think that's a huge that's part of mental health in the digital space. That's a great one. Good coping mechanism. Thank you. We're still on this first topic. We could probably talk forever. I had like, no idea. Getting us Wait, if I could just say, I had no idea that that explore tab was a real thing. Like I, I, uh, actually Hamish explained it to me the other day. <laughs> like I, yeah, I, cause I was like, well, I don't know what this is and I never use it. And then I realized when I, when reels happened, it was, it was when the Instagram reels thing happened, I was yeah. like, Oh, uh-huh. that's what reels is. Well, I was like, this is so, and everything was just terrible, like terrible stuff in there. Like, yeah, I don't want to see. So he explained that you could actually change that. So I've been actively doing yeah. that too. It's you could change really- it to some extent, you know, like it's really yeah. strange for me is I will always see like every third picture is like Amy Winehouse for some reason. And like, I've never liked, mm. liked any <laughs> Amy Winehouse stuff. Uh-huh. So it's like, yeah. what is it really uh-huh. searching in that background? But soul, probably mm-hmm. just soul. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> She's like everything soul. Yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. Everything soul. Well, all right. So it- I think we did kind of cover a lot of the stuff we wanted to talk about, but I, I guess, you know, the one thing that I know we haven't really unpacked is the sort of stigma. I mean, look, I read the stat the other day or this morning, actually, um, that one in four people are going to struggle with a mental health issue. One in four, like that's wow. a lot. And then on top of it, since COVID started, there's this article in the Huffington Post, um, and I think they referenced um, the, the JAMA, I guess the Journal of American Medical Association or something like that. And they had, they said that they tracked the amount of searches on the word panic attack, Google searches on the word panic attack since March 10th. They had, it. it's the highest it's been in 16 years. First of all, 16 years, I didn't even know what a panic attack was like 16 years yeah. ago. So I'm sure they didn't have many 16 years ago, but still like the highest it's ever been. So wow. this year from March 10th on, it's just like, it's escalated. And yet really like there still is this stigma. Like, you know, when I, when I put the call out to everybody to say like, anybody want to come on and talk? It was, you know, you just, two were like, I'm in. I yeah, I'm in, I'm in, you know, but not everybody wants to have this conversation and understandably. So it's very, you know, so personal, but why considering everybody's struggling so much, why do you think the stigma exists still? I, I feel like for years and years and years, the idea, the language around mental health was so stigmatizing, you know, mm. sanitarium, psychiatrists, like all the images of people with, you know, disorders and things like portrayed in the media was so extreme. And I think people still have some of that like in their encoding Mm -hmm. and I know in various communities you keep personal things personal and every every struggles you put up you put your best face forward and people think that your best face is like a perfect face a curated face but but mental health you know that stat that you just said one in four people will struggle with a mental health Mm. I think that's one in four people that will admit that they're struggling with a mental health issue. I feel like four in four people (laughs) will have a mental health issue at some point in their lives. Mm -hmm. And even that statistic alone shows people don't want to be vulnerable. People don't want to confront their It's scary. So scary. 
It is. And very I think scary. vulnerability is like the, that's the key word. I, I, and I know we've talked about this before, but that Brennan Brown power of vulnerability, all of that. If you guys haven't seen that Ted talk, you should watch it. It's a game it's changer. It's amazing. And when changer. you see how you break it down, it's like, why wouldn't you want to be like that? But it's like, apparently vulnerability has an association issue with like, that's like, you're too kind or you're too nice or you're being, you know, exposing or open. And, you know, I find that strong as a strength for people. I mean, you, both of you have been so vulnerable with your music, even that Mm. to think, you know, like that most of those are probably conversations you've had that maybe even are in this kind of a space, like working through and cathartically doing things. You know, what's funny, that word vulnerable, I'll tell you from my I haven't always been this way. I was very much a person that wanted people to think that I was very hard. I really wanted to project this image that I don't have feelings. I never cry. I don't like kids. Like mm. I'm just a, I'm just been a there. tough bitch and don't talk to me. Because back then the word vulnerability, I think of it in like people have vulnerabilities, like cracks where other people can come in and like destroy them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. Another definition of a vulnerability is a, yeah. a weak place that is vulnerable to attack. Right, like yeah. the head of a baby. Mm. Yeah, for me, it and, comes through yeah. most in the cultural lens. Like, there's a cultural lens on that word, and there's a level mm-hmm. of diversity in America that makes it so that not everybody has the same opinion of what is vulnerable. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I know personally, I. I have overcome a lot just in my Indian, East Indian culture, because mental health was not a topic that we brought up. It wasn't something that was discussed openly in the family. And today I've asked a lot of my fans and friends if it is a priority conversation in their lives, in their families, in their circle. And the answer has been unanimously yes. And people Mm. are talking about it. And that's just a small little subset of my very curated Instagram world, which I just admitted to over curating. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I think that says a lot that, you know, there are cultures that don't support talking about it openly, Mm. do value Mm. it uh, as strength when you can keep it in and deal with it within. And that's sometimes without even telling your own parents about it or having that relationship where you can say, I have a challenge, I have a problem. And I think we see this in a lot of the Eastern countries where it's not acceptable to the kids themselves to get certain grades. And and that will be something that is that they're leveling in their mind with ending their lives with, you know. So there's such a spectrum of what is okay and what is the priority of the conversation being had. It's not just yeah. how you doing, are you okay to mm. your kids? Sometimes right. it's about digging deeper. And I feel a lot of parents from different cultures never either got that message or they were too busy trying to figure themselves out yeah. as first-time immigrant parents or first-time immigrants to America. So now we are here, the three of us, as in our unit, yeah. discussing how we talk about this openly together. How we really feel. Yeah, <laughs> it is good. I think you touched on something so interesting about a the generation of you know my my mom is an immigrant as well and talking about feelings like I feel like the generation before us you know the the value was in 
getting a good job, getting good grades, mm-hmm. buying a house, providing for your family and <laughs> just soldiering through. Like those yeah. were the things that mattered. And yeah. especially if you're going to emigrate from a whole other country to come here, right. we yes. don't have time for your feelings. Yes. <laughs> right. This is why often Kristen and I are like, oh, are you sure you don't want to put out that next song instead of like billing those 40 hours? I'm like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like our our generation has realized that that's actually a liability, mm. you know, mm. keeping everything inside. And I also think that we have more support from our communities. We do. And yeah. more than ever, more than ever. Yeah. So it's oh, that feels so good just to let that sink in for yeah. a second. Like I just got chills yeah. because that support hasn't been there. Hundred yeah. years of the vote right now. So where have we been all that time? You know, like yeah. there's just been so much growing and developing the support around us. And we have feminists, black women, women of color to thank all of these mm. years that have been putting themselves out there. Pushing it. Yeah. Pushing it no, and being thought leaders yeah. for it. Yeah, it's it's crazy how slow it's been because and I mean obviously we're kind of tan in a tangent now, but I do think that this is all related because when you look at the next twenty years, it's there's gonna be the it's gonna get better because more and more people and younger and younger people are starting to realize like, you know, we're all in this. Like Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I tell I tell people constantly, like when you think, you know, just when you when you think you're focused on you and your dollar, reality is that the communities that you live in, if they're unhealthy, your dollar doesn't mean anything. And and you might be a billionaire. But you'll be alone in this, like, I mean, maybe that's what you want, but like, it's got, like, to me, I feel like there's an obvious sort of coming of age piece to what all of this is about. Mental health, race, you know, all of that just sort of like, if we, if we take it, if we take it to places where it actually can be reconstructed properly. And I think that's what the hope is, you know, that we get to do that. I think it's going to be... You've the younger that generations me. that are leading us that way. Sorry. Well, what you, were you have certainly done that for me in my life, Kristen. You've always been there to support and offer books and offer, <laughs> you know, constructive mm-hmm. criticism and, and like sometimes just that like swift kick in the butt that you need to just kind of switch that perspective away from yeah. victimhood. It's very right. easy as somebody who's been marginalized once or twice over or three or four times over to feel like the decks are old. <laughs> Always stacked, stacked against, against you. you, and and it's yeah. very good when you have support in your circle to say, no, we actually value you. We believe in what you do. We're not overvaluing you. We're not devaluing you. We are saying that what you have yeah. is is worthy, and I, I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. What you were saying reminded me of um, the great work of your life, the book that you gave oh, me, and finding book, your, dharma. <laughs> your dharma. Your yeah. dharma. So I feel like the assignment right now for a lot of people is, what is that dharma? You know, and yeah. If even if you know you're not following it to a T, you still know what it is. And it's still a kind of creeper calling in your life. And a way I like to describe Dharma for those who don't know Sanskrit or Buddhist philosophy is a wheel that keeps you moving. What is that wheel? What is that momentum Mm -hmm. behind the wheel of your life that keeps you moving? That just goes. It's intrinsic. It just goes. Without you pushing it or a breathing on it. It's just of you. And one yeah, way would- that I've learned to figure it out of, I've heard some people in, in uh, great environments that I've been in use this, but they say, what's the one word on your tombstone? If you're going that way and you're being buried in the ground 
I have a very different way that I'm going to go. But what's on your tombstone if it's that one word, you know? I'm curious to know from each of you. I have, I put you on I the have spot? a, I know, but I know exactly what my tombstone is going to say, but it's not one word, but it, I've always said it. I've said it since the nineties and it's going to say there was love in the house. Like that's all that I can, like there was this DJ in the nineties that would Theo on 92.3, the beat. And he would, he would say it every time he'd be like, there was love in the house. And he was a little Filipino guy with dreads, but I swear to God, I thought he was a black man. And oh. I just thought that was like the best line. Like you, cause you, because that's the hope is that there always is love in the house that, that you built, you know, so that's going to, that's definitely that on my, my epitaph. <laughs> having this conversation today because yeah. there is love in the yeah. house. What sure. about you, Jess? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I never imagined that I would be buried. So I, I, I have, I'm like uncomfortable with the personally with the idea of like summing up a person or an experience in a phrase. Sure, sure, sure. So, and I always imagined that I would be cremated. <laughs> so I just, I don't oh, know. Yeah. Me, too. me too. I'm at that party too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, I still want a tombstone because my mom is dead and she heard, I want her to have like a person near her. So I'm going to put something there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. house is a good, is definitely a good one yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Also, of course. yeah. I think that's really good. To, we can't possibly be defined with one term. For yeah, sure. It's a hard one. But if I had to pick one that I kind of think def defines every facet of my life in which I, I'd really like feel something for, it would be the word powerhouse. I love that. Yeah, I could see that. A little powerhouse. And at first I thought that was because I always felt that I was bigger than I am. And when people come to see me on stage, like they're very, very surprised. But now I understand it's more that a powerhouse stays running and keeps the lights on for others. Mm -hmm. And that's what I have always tried to do since day one. And Generator. so for me, it's that that's it. I can mm. kind of use that to help guide me when I get yeah. lost. I could see that. It's a beautiful thing. Like somebody that keeps the lights on in my, I'm, I guess I'm still in a, in a new phase of self-discovery where I finally like disconnected. This has been a huge part of my mental health struggle of feeling so like my worth is connected to my output. Like mm -hmm. how much I do, how much I generate, yeah. how much money I make, and I feel like it's Same. so very cultural. It's very, um, it's a very American I ideal. Like even the American dream has nothing to do with your quality of life, right. but rather mm -hmm. like how much wealth you amass and how much wealth you're able to give to your kids. And I was very much on that. Like I would put out music and if it didn't generate numbers or generate income, I just felt like, okay, well, that wasn't actually good because it didn't produce. And, and then meanwhile, it leaves your fans in tears and they are sweating right? on the ground after you're done playing because they well, can't even handle it. That's, that's the hope. But <sighs> divorcing myself from like my worth as a person isn't about how much work I do, how tired I am, like I'm so tired because I work so much, or how much money I make or what I'm doing. Like I have intrinsic value. Yes. And there is also value in literally finding your dharma. Like that is the, that is the value of finding the thing that fulfills you like that's it whether that makes you rich is that's irrelevant it. that's it oh 
Girl, honestly, when I read that book, I, I was I was at Kaiser, leaving Kaiser, and I read this book, and the only thing I realized was if I didn't try music now, I never, I will never forgive myself. Yep. And because I, I always knew I love music, but like I was like, I don't know what you know, like where am I going with this? I'm a marketing yes. person, you know what I mean? But I agree with you. It's like once I found that. It's like these last seven years have just gone by so fast, but I also use it as a litmus test. Is it getting me further to that? You know, like I'm not making money. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're not like, it's not like I have, don't have a corporate job anymore. You know what I mean? Like that's right. gone, but I feel like I'm a better, more whole person. Yes. And as a result, I feel like I've been able to, you know, I, look, none of this existed in my twenties either. Right. It wasn't even until I was 38 where I realized I had to take my baggage and open it up yes. and do that laundry. And, heal and that it. started, oh, that was, that's the, the book that starts that process. Like those kind of things where you're like, what am I about? Like, what am yes. I doing? Why am I so afraid to be in like a, you know, real relationship, having real conversations with people and not yeah. being like judgy McJudgy, you know, like, oh no, you're yeah. nothing. I'm not going to, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? I dismiss people left and right in my twenties. And now I have to, you know, you do the mea culpa and you come back and that all that process, like, you know, it took me eight years to figure that out. I mean, we talk yeah. about this all the time, Jess. I'm nothing without having put that work in, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make more money. It means right. you're going to feel mm. better about your time on the planet. And if I die yes. tomorrow, I know I've done the best I can with this amount of time that I've been given. You know what I mean? Like I, yes. I do feel that way. It's just, you know, I don't have kids to leave money to anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you're, if you're living in your purpose, if you're living um, in a balanced way, mm -hmm. have a little bit more space and a little bit more time. Open those luggages and yeah. you know, ooh, dirty. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like we cue "Bag Lady" by Erica Badu right now. I, my song. Bag Lady. It's so hard. It's so hard to admit that, like, you have been running at a breakneck speed. That you have so much work to do. And that maybe like right now you're, you're not okay yeah. It's hard to admit because if you're running a million miles an hour, you don't have time to be like, wow, I haven't slept for more than four hours in years or yeah, wow, right. I can't really hold a conversation anymore. I wonder why I have so many racing thoughts. It's just like, keep going, drink a beer, drink a Red Bull and keep it moving. Yeah. But that's not sustainable for anyone. No, 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 no. And, as, and honestly, as as it's been hard sorry. for artists. Sorry. As much as I feel it's no. been hard for artists in this time, a lot of them that I've talked to that have been avid tourers have been like thanking whoever. Some of them yeah. are atheists and they're even like, mm, you know, because they got a chance yeah. to just chill for a minute and press pause, regroup, press pause, figure out what they needed to do for their mind, body, spirit, and then. Yeah. Move from that space, right? Yeah. So it's it's a perfect time thing. to be rethinking all of that. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm most concerned about how to get out. Well, okay, I I think the idea of 2021 is a and has been ruminating in my mind lately, and that that was the, my like my last session was about like <laughs> where is this all going and what happens when there is a vaccine and what happens when things you know start to like lift up again. It's like is it going to be just like a race to the finish line again? Like do people just pop back on again? You know, my friend in New York was like she's starting to get really busy again with things. And it just feels like everybody's just back to normal, even though they're not really yeah, going out yeah. and doing things. 
It's the I'm mentality. Yeah. And I'm worried about that flipping of the switch, just like we, you know, we turned it off. Now, do we just turn it back on again? Do you guys, ner- do you think about that at all? I do. I, I, I really, my hope for this moment, like this is so unprecedented, all of the things that are happening yeah. and the universe has given us this, this gift of truth, self-evaluation, reflection, it's- reflection it's given us a big giant fun house mirror of like who like what what our society really looks like you know you were saying that anxiety is coming up for a lot of people like Mm. more than in the last 16 years and i feel like that's really due to we have a window of time where we are with ourselves i get the desire to go back to normal and go back into your routine where you don't have to like sit with yourself and with your thoughts. But my hope is that people and this and society writ large really recognize like you can't run from yourself. Mm. Can't hide from what's happening in your heart and in your brain. It doesn't matter how busy you get. Yeah. You can plug your ears, but that doesn't mean that the house isn't burning down. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I've read so much in science too that is like talking about the benefits of alone time and the benefits of having your own space and your own abode, what have you. So yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Are you guys lonely during COVID or are you enjoying like being in your space and feeling good about that? Uh, as a Virgo a great slash Pisces slash Gemini, I'm never alone. <laughs> There's so much going on up here that, uh, I've got ideas and things for days. So yeah, I don't, I don't feel lonely. I do distance myself from my husband. I do make sure that he has his time that we both have our time. I think that that's important, but I, I haven't been too lonely because I've had a lot of ideas, creative ideas to share and just like writing and getting them down on paper and even just trying to be more diligent than I was before. Like those are all personal goals that I'm like really focused on. So it doesn't make me as lonely. But that being said, I've overcome a lot of mental health hurdles. So if this would have happened to me last year, I don't know that I would have the same answers and responses. So I I took a lot of responsibility to figure out what I needed to. I'm four years into an adult ADHD diagnosis. I've been on and through medications, off of medications. I've realized the power of good sleep and good nutrition. Mm. Uh, But I'm still working, like really working on the nutrition part. If there's something more important, I will put food off and like not worry about it. So yeah, I guess I say that to say that we're all at different places. And just because I'm in this place, it doesn't, it's not prescriptive, right? Everybody finds what works for them. Mm. Uh, Mm. However they can, but it does, it does help to have these support people that you can talk to. Even if it's just one friend, that's really all you need. You don't need like a whole big group of people to help you through. Um, Sometimes it's just one person to have that perspective. Yeah. And then there are plenty now of online therapy outlets and group outlets and resources mm-hmm. to help with that kind of stuff. Hmm. I, I, I definitely feel like, I mean, I live alone. I got a dying dog. There are days where I'm like, what am I doing? Mm. <laughs> like, how, how am I going to, you know, this maybe isn't, you know, like I should interact with people more. Um, so I am, conscious of, I mean, I could, I spend literally all, 
if I didn't have a garden that I share a part of it with my neighbor, I don't think I would even see anybody like mm. just, yeah. you know, yeah, there's days that go by where I don't see anybody, but I do try to like connect with my family once a week. And, uh, you know, I reach I out to physical space yeah. with the family. Yeah. Definitely yeah. But that's that. what I mean. Like it, they're all on the East coast. So it's not, you know, with the exception of my sister here, but and my sister in Texas, but yeah, I, it gets, it can get lonely, but I'm not, I'm not like, I'm used to being alone, so I don't notice it as much. And I think that's the piece where I'm like, it kind of creeps in <clears throat> to yeah. you like every once in a while. Yeah. But I don't think about it every day. I'm enjoy I am enjoying being alone. It is I I I'm really like I've been in a mental health journey, like a major one of healing for I would say intensively like the last three years. And it has been like so difficult and extremely painful. People, when people talk about growth, they mm -hmm. think, like they always give you these analogies of like plants, like plants, yeah. like straight up yeah. mud. Sorry, I did it too, but it's more like a. Mm, it's like more a, like uh, you're yeah. growing. It's more like when you're little and you have growth spurts, and your your bones are in so much pain in the middle of the night. It's right. more to me, for me, it's been like very painful. And I feel like, you know, 2018, 2019 were so challenging. And this year has been challenging in a different way, but getting to have my own space and really find peace there. You know, I did the, like you said, Ruby, like doing the work of hearing what the, what my inner voice is saying, like mm, getting intuition. into her. So it's not such a shock when it's just me, myself and her, you mm. know, I'm, I'm able to like really discover, okay, what do I want? What is my intuition saying? You know, I just, I have a recent bipolar um, diagnosis. So that's been, I mean, I've always kind of known that sure. I can, I get unbalanced from time to time and I'm thankful that it's not so very severe, but really having the time to see what is my body doing? What is my brain doing? Okay. These are the signs when I'm starting to feel a little off balance. Okay. Yeah. Those are things that I never had the space to do because when someone's around watching you, you immediately want to correct. So you look good. So you're not, am I acting weird? Do people think I'm acting weird? Do, you don't no, fully process subconscious. It. Yeah. 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 So mm. Getting to really just sit and be like, Jess, you're good. You have yeah. this. You're better than good. You're more than enough all the time. All the time. Yeah, it's true though. <clears throat> but I think you're right. Cause I mean, obviously I've lived alone for a couple years now since 2010, since so 10 years. And I have obviously, you know, Ruby stayed with me and people have stayed with me, but I think, you know, this is the first year where I haven't had anybody in my space for five months now, the last five months, six months. And it's, you know, it, I do things to that I want to do when I want to do it. And that yeah. does feel very liberating. Like I do really, yeah. you know, it's also weird when you're like, it's nine 30 and I'm eating dinner because I've forgotten and <laughs> I've been on call. You know what I mean? Like it's a, there isn't anybody to come and be like, Hey, let's eat or yeah. some food. You know, I don't have that. You know what I mean? I have to like remember to do that stuff, which is why I cook once a week. And then I parse it out over <laughs> so that if I need to do that, 
I can, you know, but it's the only way to keep it going. That sounds so like another guys, uncut tools episode. I know, right? Like, I know there's that like stop and rain. Um, there are many different ways to be mindful, right? So there's a couple yeah. of them. Rain is recognize, acknowledge, instigate, non-identify, so don't plug in. Um, and then, but the one I really like is the stop one that sort of stop, take a breath, observe and proceed. And when COVID started hitting hard and everybody was self-isolating and we couldn't get toilet paper and Lysol. I had a couple nights where I had some, like you guys know, I had a, like a panic attack where I passed out. Um, yeah. woke up in my hallway and I was like, holy crap, what just happened? Like it was so fast. And I remember thinking like, I couldn't catch my breath afterwards. There were like yeah. three nights, four nights where I just, there was so much anxiety. And I used that to break my own rumination because yeah. it's kind of amazing how when you can't swallow, you can't, you know what I mean? Like I go, there were things that were happening to my body and I was like, is this COVID or is this like anxiety? <laughs> like, I yeah. didn't know where it was coming from. Anyway, yeah. that one in particular, I would say if you, you know, as you, as we go through these things, I find I need a way to reflect immediately so yeah. that I'm not making it worse. Cause that happens yeah. like that for me. Hmm. Yeah. But do you have things like that that you use or is it just like, you're just kind of still going through it or is music your thing? Do you go and write a song? Like how do you use music during these times? Yeah, that's a Have you used one. music? For me, I have an amazing therapist, first of all. So right. she has been a rock for me and she said Great. something similar because I am, I, in my hey, to all the therapists out there, yes, thank you. Yeah, Diana. Um, I'm I can be a very reactionary person, and she always encourages me to respond rather than to react. And yeah, it really takes it's really those steps where you just pause, you observe your own reaction, like what is this, what is being triggered in me? Why right. am I, why the hell am I having such yeah. a reaction? And then you realize, oh, this isn't actually about this situation. I'm having anxiety around uncertainty, yeah. blah, 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 blah. So instead of reacting, sometimes I really, I don't have the space to respond. Like I don't have it within me. <laughs> and that's when I do go to music and I really just sit at mm. the piano and play mm -hmm. until I feel better, nice. which is something I've done since I was really, really little. Right. Said I just play piano. Yeah. So you have been actively writing and using music during this time? Yeah, I've written a lot. Mm. At first, I was so uninspired. Like, the world mm. is crash. And then, again, a re like a reaction. And then, yeah. once I just got my feet back on the ground and got myself back into my own body, let me just do what feels good. And what feels good is just writing. And so a bunch of songs came out. Yay. Great. Cue your Great. head will get there if your feet stay on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that. So about, that's a really you, good segue into most of my songs are cathartic lessons to my future yeah. self. Have been, mm. always, always, always have been. And when I say my future self, I really mean the collective, but they always go and apply back to me as a person. So I just, it's easier for me to say, I can gauge what, what, um, what we can feel collectively and then channel it through what I really want to get out in a song. So I think that has been really cathartic. But also just reading yeah. a ton of books too is helpful in journaling. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I just remembered was a book called Start Here. And they kind of use the same framework that you were talking about, but it's notice, shift, and then rewire. Mm. So you're noticing what it is. You're stopping in that moment of overreaction. You're shifting to what could be the best 
outcome for my highest self. And then from there, you're rewiring to do that action real time. I'm going to stop and like from here be a different person. That's what that means. And in any moment you can have that choice. Is that the book that I have back here too? That's got the, all the different like ways to go through. I think uh, I like there's like it breaks it down. I think I have a copy at your place and at my place. No, no, my friend Lyle Berkowitz gave it to me, the doctor oh, that okay. I used to work with and the innovation. Yeah, his friend yeah. wrote it and he I think we had this conversation because that book is so pragmatic. Yeah. Just I should give that to you. It's I so pragmatic. It's amazing. It's, my pages are dog eared to it and like, yeah. it just never it's the same one. my side, my bedside table. Yeah. It's really good. That's great. That's but great. But that's awesome yeah. that I, you've been using using music. The other thing with that is don't be afraid to suck at something right now. Right now is a great time to suck at something and just not be so hard on yourself for it. So I've been trying to play guitar since I was 16. I have now... I am now able to play up to five or six rhythm chords. Yes, at the same time. It's taken me my whole life, but the year yeah. that I decided to stop giving a shit and just be bad at it and lean on good teachers, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren, so much mm-hmm. for helping me through. That has really been something like I asked for the help. I wanted to do it. Kristen, Lauren made sure that it was happening. So I yes. was like, we're going to put it on the calendar and make it happen. Yeah, <laughs> like, and like, I'm so I'm not, tired of, yeah. I'm not ready to play <laughs> like a full on show yet, but I'm not far from it. But that wasn't the goal. The goal was yeah. what does no. it feel like when I'm backing myself up? Because that's never happened musically for me in my life. That's amazing. How empowering, Ruby. Congratulations. Thank you. It's sometimes so empowering that I stop what I'm doing altogether in the song because I'm just a little overwhelmed that it's only me. (laughs) So that's like a whole new chapter that I unlocked because of this little bit of extra time and thankfully being able to take care of my surroundings and myself enough to be able to explore something new. I think if you're just at the point with this where you cannot take any more, there's like resources to help with that. And then you just start from where you are. And I feel like something that I tell myself and I tell my friends all the time is you have like in general, but especially now be soft with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people feel are it. Feel yeah, it. Yeah. People have so much like expectation of like, okay, so now I'm going to work on my mental health. So I'm going to read these four books and then I'm going to go to the therapist 12 times and right. then, yeah. and then I'm going to like be cured and then I'm just going to like, yeah. but it's really such a process of self-discovery and healing and is a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey. And while you're starting, you have to be soft with yourself and recognize that even taking the step to healing and to knowing yourself is huge. Just wanting to do it in the first place is like, it's not a small thing. It's like a leap. And we talked about this. I think you and I just talked about this. And I know Ruby and I talked about this before too, because we all kind of come from strong women and strong families that are, you know, connected and I'm Italian descent, right? So we're all to, you know, like that's very strong people. But when we're practicing self-love and acceptance and being softer, we also have to apply that knowledge for our parents and our parents' parents too, because, and our parents' parents, parents, right? It's amazing that this is the, like 20 years ago, we couldn't have this conversation, right? Like, so we didn't even know that, you know, how to accept, accept and understand where our parents were coming right. from yeah. and apply that compassion to them. Because yeah. for what it's worth, even with the mom who was a therapist, she still couldn't fix herself and she died at 46. 
So like, I didn't, you know, like it sounds great in theory, but you can't, you know, we're kind of like in nomad's land, like with all of this now, like just exploring it. So to be soft is to be loving to ourselves, right? And compassion, self-compassion. That's a good, yeah. But I feel bad, you know, like I I think about our parents and our parents' parents who didn't get the chance to really sit and understand what that means. And I know it sounds very, like I've, even if my dad was watching this right now, I'm sure he's probably eye rolling, but like, you know, I think it's important to, when they come at, when things come at me, especially where they're difficult, and I'm confused by them. I go extra hard with love because mm-hmm. I just feel like that's the only thing I can do is just if you, somebody's having a bad day, something's going on. I don't understand your mindset, but I totally love you. Yeah. That's it. You know, that's the yeah. only way. But yeah, it's pretty amazing that our parents endured what they did too, you know, without being able to talk about things. Yeah. That's what makes me very grateful for the apps and the tools and the digital resources. Like I can't tell you what a spiritual mother YouTube has been to me. I never Mm. expected to find so much spiritual growth and mental health. And there's even channels for adult ADHD on there, like so valuable. And if you can subscribe to remove the ads, it's even better. But if you can't, like 20 years ago, there was Louise Hay talking about this very notion of we have to forgive our parents. We have to understand that they were doing the best that they possibly could. And now Mm -hmm. in real time, I'm able to learn from that because somebody in the 80s wanted to record Louise Hay. If you want to find the tools, you have to ask. And if you don't Mm -hmm. ask, then you're not really ready for that journey. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. If somebody that's, doesn't know where to go, get to the point where you can ask. A yeah. That is that is what you just said unlocked so much for me. Mm. I was one of those people like I'm still I'm still one of those people who wants to do a good job, who wants to do it right, who wants a worksheet, want to follow the steps, I want to read the manual and I want to do I it. You too. I read every manual that I get with any <laughs> like cover to cover. And my therapist told me, I was, you know, this was maybe a year ago. I was like, there's so much that I feel like is still inside that I haven't gotten to yet. And I just like, what do we need to do? Like, how do we dig that up and out? And she's Mm -hmm. like, when you're, when you're ready to actually grapple with it, it will bubble to the surface. Yep. And if, if it's not bubbling to the surface, you're not ready. So let's just be where we are today. Yes. And worry about that next. (laughs) I will say that I Ching quote that uh, only through the lens in which you, you know, want to see the actual truth will a path forward show itself to you. I'm totally paraphrasing it because I can never remember the words, but it's not until you're ready. You know, when you're ready, you see it. When you're not ready, you'll find any reason not to deal with it. It's just, it's beautiful. (laughs) But once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's just there for your whole life. It's really a one step at a time. Mental health is a one step at a time. And I feel like when I say ready, I don't mean you feel good about having, you feel good about it. Like it's not going to always feel like so good, but it's not going to feel good at all for a while on the path of like, this is something that I want to do. This is something that's important to me. Just take one step at a time. And again, be soft with yourself and celebrate the, the little wins because little wins, yes. they look little, but actually like they're, they're everything. Monumental. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those good habits, Absolutely. Yeah. Those good habits will go such a far way. And that's coming from somebody who just started subscribing to them like two years ago. I can see yeah. in my life how much it's helped me. Like, 
like it's it's gotten to the point where I can safely come off a of medication that I wanted to be off of in the first place. And that isn't going to work for everybody. But because yeah. I was looking within, because I found modalities of healing that worked for me, mantra is a huge one. Uh, yoga is another one, deep breathing, pranayama, all of those kind of meditative arts. They were able to really, really help, but I wasn't ready for so many of those things, right? It came with great pain and suffering and facing the fact that I was going to need to level up and shift or transform or yeah. lose my soul. You have those... Yeah. You have those choices, you yeah. know, and a lot of us that do feel some kind of optimism, we aren't giving up on ourselves. And I think that um, there are some of us that are so clouded in their thoughts that they don't have that to find it easy to want to wanna keep on. Yeah. And yeah, I think that, you know, that optimism that we feel is, is hard earned and mm -hmm. nobody can take that from you. You know, once you know how to find that joy within that peace within, that's what every guru, every sage, every, everybody talks about that peace within. Mm. Um, mm. That's not just a spiritual woo woo thing. That is a yeah. thing yeah. worth exploring in these times. Like I told you guys, I, I wasn't always down with the daily practice of yoga. I'm a Pisces girl. So structure and schedules are like not my jam. <laughs> but something that I am now like aware of as much as I can be is breath. You don't re I don't think people realize how often they're holding their breath. In yeah. The or short and breaths. Yeah. yeah. I I kept a I kept a breath, a breath journal. I've been keeping a breath journal, which oh, is awesome. a very cool thing. Like just being aware, noticing when I'm walking around mm -hmm. and when somebody walks into a room and I'm like <gasps> You know what I mean? And writing it mm -hmm. down and making a note yes. like, hey, these are the things that interrupt my breath. And just right. reconnecting They're to telling breath. me something. What are they yeah. telling me? Helps with anxiety. It helps Beautiful. with all of, like, even grief. Like, connecting with your breath just really helps move it, move it around, move it out. Yes. Yeah. And that was I the first thing I realized when I was having anxiety was it was all controlled by my breathing. I held my breath for, I mean, I can hold my breath for a really long time just mm. is what it is. Like when you, you know, it's, you wake yourself up sometime gasping for air because I've held my breath, like mm -hmm. in my sleep yeah, even, but it's true. experience that too. Mm -hmm. I, I think I just ignored it. But that's a great that's and that's why I like that stop thing because it does include breathing. And mm -hmm. if you can register with your breathing, if you can connect with it, it can take you out of where your head is going even because you're just forcing one thought at a time. Just yeah. take that deep breath, inhale and exhale. And it's it's collective, right? We we should all do it right now. <laughs> I agree. You ready? ready? Okay, ready. One, two, three. It feels so good. So it really good. Does. It just feels good. So good. <laughs> and in breath, right, so I know. Take oh. a big breath. Take a dead breath. Exactly. So yes. I know we're almost at a, we are almost at an hour, and I wanted to leave on a bit of a positive note since we've been it's been very heavy. We kind of touched on this a little bit before when we talked about hope, um, but I wanted to see if Ooh. like you guys could think of like you know last words of wisdom that are like hope oriented like what gives you hope today like what what do you have hope for maybe not today but like in the future what are you hopeful unanimously for unanimously for the last decade i would say the momentum of the women's wave has given me a lot of hope seeing people like kamala run for office in america gives me a lot of hope uh seeing that our immigrant 
families are being more and more supported every day, even though there's a, a an opposite narrative happening. It gives me a lot of hope to see more and more organizations like Girls Rock Camp Atlanta, Dream Warriors Foundation that are mm-hmm. bolstering and showing support for um, women communities of color and those that are underserved and even just entrepreneurs that are, you know, going and staking their claim in a new industry. All of this stuff is so important. All of these organizations are so important. So if you're an advocate and you're looking for something to do to help, please support one of these organizations that cares about the mental health of women. Once we care about the mental health of women and the women-based community, we are essentially caring about the world. And I'm not the only one to say that. There's organizations that put money and time behind it, CARE, Kiva, you name it. So that's the thing that... um, I feel the most hope for is that uh, we'll start to see that women can save the world and we will shape the future. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to co-opt that. Too. I know it to Manifest. be true. I Manifest. Know it to be true. Putting that in the jar. <laughs> Something that's giving me hope is the conversations that I've been having with people, specific and non, uh, how deeply people are engaging in the work of anti-racism, how friends that I've had for 20 years, I'm able to speak to them about race and racism in this country in a way that I haven't before. So that gives me a lot of hope. It also makes me feel like people are having courage and people having courage gives me a lot of hope. The vulnerability around recognizing privilege, that people are willing to verbalize that, that gives me hope. Yes. So, yeah. It's nice to see too. It's very nice to see. That is a good one. I would have definitely said, I mean, I feel like the, the women's piece, all of this, you know, I mean, I've never felt more inspired by the people that I know and watching people that I don't know, but I'm like peripherally involved with do great things. I know that this is going to sound silly, but like sometimes just even seeing you guys knowing that you're out there doing the live streams and that life kind of feels like it's going to be okay. Like, you know, like I know it's tough and I feel, you know, Hamish stuck in Melbourne really does weigh heavy. I just feel bad, you know, about those types of things, but it it gives, I, I am hopeful through all of the work you guys have been doing and everything that's been going on in the songs. And I don't know, I just feel like at least I've got something to look forward to. And I yeah. feel like our collective is, is helpful. Yeah. And what I love is that more and more as independent artists, we will begin to d- further define what it means to share our art, to put it out, to stand behind it in a new way. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I'm not, I don't think that that means that the record labels won't have the power that they have, but the shifts are immeable. Oh. And the I mean, that's a whole are endless. We need to have that conversation too. And we we know resiliency. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be the next thing that I think you're, you know, like it's, it can't be like this, that people aren't going to be using labels if, you know what I mean? If they can do it on their own. So there's, I mean, we're all pioneers right now, like with, yeah. you know, in many, many respects. <laughs> so Yeah. And good. trailblazing takes a lot of self-care. Mm-hmm. You cannot blaze a trail if you're not asking for the help. It's Cheers just not that. possible. Absolutely. Well, I don't think we can get better of a note to end on. So I'm going to say, <laughs> let's press pause now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Thank awesome. you guys so much for joining me on Thank our inaugural you. mental health conversation. Ah.
I don't know why am I sparkling? How I weird know, is I that? Love your <laughs> I don't know what's Queen going on. <laughs> anyway, but I'm so grateful that you both raised your hand so fast. And I'm so thankful for both of you. Okay, Same. so before we go, both of you have releases coming out soon. And I will I will tell you when they're happening. <laughs> so Jessica has, Jessica has a single coming out in September. Ruby has one coming out in October. And I think on the same day or around the same time frame, your, no, your EP comes out at the end of October, Jessica. Mm-hmm. So Ruby's single comes out on the 9th yours is on the 25th of october so lots of new things to look forward to and i'm very excited to get our feet dirty our hands dirty our feet wet whatever the phrase oh yeah straight out the mud did all that wrong (laughs) yes straight out the mud we've got walk with me for jessica straight out the mud for ruby and then we've got i'm learning for jessica so if you're not tracking these two people on all of the platforms please do so now it's very easy we've been putting their names up on all sorts of things and they're tagged in all of this so find them on spotify play their music now and please find them on youtube as well just let's let the whole point of this is supposed to be to connect with our artists so i hope you enjoyed this i know i did thank you very much i did too and i will Yes, thank you so much. It was so great. And thank you to all of the people that responded online as well to those questions. Oh, yeah. Well, really yeah, that was stuff great. On there. Should I read That's a couple? Awesome. Yeah, go ahead. Let's do it. Okay. So for the question, what does pressing pause mean to you? Silencing my phone, <laughs> kind of meta, mm. not, uh, not opening the computer for a start. Instead yeah. of reacting to something, pause and think and then respond. So that's good. There you go. Talked mm-hmm. about that. Stopping the noise to really listen. Listening is a huge one right now. Empty yeah. the mind and see uh, nothing in the past or future. thought that nice. was good. Yeah. And then most people, as I said, said that the priority conversation is actually on mental health in their family. So that was kind that's of surprising great. to me. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. One said, definitely I have anxiety and ADHD very important to discuss for well-being. Way to go with you and your family and your next of kin. That's awesome. Oh That's gosh, great. of course we had. What are your coping go-to coping mechanisms, resting and self-care rituals? Weed was the number one. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Self-care slash CBT to tell myself that you feel better when you do. X. That's cognitive behavioral therapy. That's yes, the CBT. Cognitive behavior- yeah. CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. I love therapy. that. I'm a big fan. And I'm going to give a shout out to Angela Doria because ah. honestly, she taught me everything I know about that CBT stuff. She's like the best coach and therapist and Buddhist spiritualist in the world. I think she's amazing. Awesome. Cool. So the last ones were cardio, meditation, good nutrition, and sleep. I would love, love to end oh. with that one. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's almost bedtime. Just kidding. It's almost bedtime for me, for sure. (laughs) For you, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, ladies, thank you so much for doing this with me. And I'm hoping we're going to get to do this more often. We probably will switch it up, maybe even bring in someone who's an expert and have a little dialogue at some point, which would be fun. Um, And so, and thank you, everybody stay safe. Everybody follow Ruby Bell and Jessica Childress on any platform that you can. And thank you for joining us on Uncut again. And we'll be back. Thank you you for listening to Uncut Jewels. If you like what you heard, smash that like button and subscribe for more episodes. And tell a friend. We firmly believe the world works better that way. This podcast wouldn't have been possible if it weren't for the help of the Uncut Jewels team. Johanna Schock, Jana Fisher, Coco Hong, Sarah Reynolds, Jess Kane, and Viviana Mendoza. Guys.
we did this. The Uncut Jewels theme song that you're listening to right now was created by our very own guitar hero, Hamish Anderson. And we appreciate everyone who's helped bring us from where we were to where we're going. To paraphrase David Bowie, we promise it won't be boring. 